This is the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, For it is as if a man going on a journey summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. The one who had received the five talents went off at once and traded with them and made five more talents. In the same way, the one who had the two talents made two more talents. But the one who had received the one talent went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. Then the one who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five more talents, saying, Master, you handed over to me five talents. See, I have made five more talents. His master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been entrust trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter to the joy of your master. And the one with the two talents also came forward, saying, Master, you handed over to me two talents. See, I have made two more talents. His master said to him, well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forth, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here, have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked Lazy slave, you knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with ten talents. For to all those who have more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. The assembly may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Every once in a while, God does me a big favor and gives me the perfect lectionary text for the perfect occasion, just like our gospel today. Today is our stewardship in gathering, right? It's a day where we're encouraging people to give generously of their talents. The word talents meaning many things in our gospel today. On the one hand, a talent is a unit of, of money, right? It's payment. So today what we're encouraging is you fill out your pledge card and put it in the box so that we can continue our ministry. But also, also it gets better. A talent, our English word from talents, we believe comes from and originates with this very parable. Your talents, the God-given gifts you have to share. And boy, do I have an opportunity for you. Especially if your gift happens to be that of managing a property, perhaps, right? We need a new property commissioner, so don't bury your talents in the ground, friends, right? Volunteer when we ask for you to serve on council. Go, take the money that you've earned, go invest wisely and bring it back to me, right? Why? Because for those who have more will be given, and those who have little 
will be taken away. Can I get an amen? Thank you. Okay, that was a bad story, okay? And I want to start by naming that every time I've heard this text, that's essentially the way it goes, right? Do, do as they do in the scripture. Don't, don't bury your talents in the ground, no. Let that light shine, my friends. Don't, don't hide from it. You're trustworthy, why? Because you're a great investor. And you, if you don't invest yourself fully, well, you will be considered a bit lazy as it were. This whole thing just doesn't sit right with me, especially that last part, right? Those who have more will be given. Those who have little, it'll be taken. You know what I hear in that? The rich get richer and the poor get poorer. This, in my opinion at least, is antithetical to the very message that stands at the foundation of Jesus' life and ministry, the very gospel, right? This is the same guy telling the story who earlier in this very same narrative said, blessed are the poor, right? This is antithetical to his entire ministry, where what does he do? He calls disciples and he says, take upon yourself poverty and depend upon the radical hospitality of those you encounter. Who goes to those that are socially and economically distressed and dines with them, including widows, perhaps the most disenfranchised individuals in society at that time. Indeed, this is the same guy who says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs already is the kingdom of heaven. This is the third of four parables that sort of call an end to Jesus' public ministry as he prepares to enter Jerusalem and make his final walk to the cross. Each of these parables tells us a little something about the kingdom of heaven, the end of days, an end of days that is not yet been marked on our calendars. So they're just kind of waiting for it to happen. And each of these parables, though, leads us into that final days of Jesus' life. And each of them follows a similar structure. And it goes like this. There's someone powerful who goes on a holiday, goes on a vacation. Maybe it's a bridegroom. Maybe it's a slave master. Maybe it's a king. Then, while they're away, we get to hear what those stuck behind decide to do, right? What decisions do they make? Then this powerful person returns and casts judgment on all those who stayed behind. Judgment on what it is that they chose to do in the meantime. As I read this text, more often than not, I've heard it preached as a stewardship sermon. But actually, in my opinion, this, this is a text. This is about the end of times, about what God has already done and will do in the future and in the immediate future, God is going to hang from the cross. And after that, well, we're told he's coming back, but we're not quite sure when. So we got to do something in the meantime. In the meantime, two of these slaves decide that they're going to take the, the money that they've received and they're going to go and put it in some high and risky bonds, right? They're, they're gonna go invest. They go play the stock market, my friends, and they win 
big. They do a great job. They double their investment. But you want to know a secret? This parable, I don't think, has anything to do with those two. I don't think those two matter much in the grander scheme of this story. Why? Because I think their purpose is to serve as a foil for the third slave. Because you see, their words are identical. Their, their actions are identical. Heck, even, even the commendation they receive from the master is identical. There's nothing unique or special about either of these two. But what is unique, what is special, is what the third slave decides to do. His approach, he's not gonna go put it all on black. No, 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 no. He's decided rather than invest, he's going to bury his money in the ground. And what I love even more is rather than placating to the master upon return, we get his honest appraisal of how the master is. And I quote, he says, <clears throat> harsh. That is the, his appraisal of the master, he's harsh. Why? Because he reaps where he does not sow. And this slave, chooses a different way. He chooses to break the cycle of uncouth and exploitative financial practices. He refuses to increase his master's wealth, likely at the expense of others. Now his master calls this alternative approach laziness. Jesus, you see, Jesus says, no, no, no. He didn't act this way out of laziness. He acted this way out of fear. He was afraid of the master. And honestly, the way this parable ends, we can see why. Because as it turns out, you know what? The master is pretty darn harsh. This is a classic ends with weeping and gnashing of teeth kind of a situation. Which puts me in a weird situation as the preacher, right? Like I said, today is a day all about stewardship. I got this perfect stewardship text, right? Just give, give, give. Come on, you can do it, right? You'll be trustworthy if you do. But no matter how I sliced it, I felt increasingly uncomfortable with this approach. I struggled with it. Why, you may ask? Well, because I don't like to think of God as a harsh master, right? I don't like that understanding of God. I don't like that in this story, if that's the way we're going to do it, I am at my best a trustworthy slave, and my trustworthiness is dependent upon my investment capabilities. And if I'm not good at that, what can I get? What do I have to offer? According to this, well, not a heck of a lot. That doesn't even get into the fact that there's a troublesome master-slave relationship here, right? And I know it was a different time, but that can still make me uncomfortable in this time, let alone this oddly familiar economic system, right? Where, where the wealthy get wealthier and, and the poor get poor. Have you ever seen that play out before, perhaps? I don't like it, right? This kingdom almost feels a little bit too real in some way. Which is why I think it's important that we then go back to the rest of the gospel, the rest of Jesus' life, the rest of his story. And we remind ourselves that first and foremost, what we know about God is that God and the kingdom of God is all about flipping things upside down. Taking the injustices and ways of the world and turning them on their head. 
so that the first will be last and the last will be first. That we be reminded that blessed are the poor and the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice, not those who hunger and thirst for power. That, that is the Jesus we know. Which brings me to this moment, right? What if, bear with me, what if, this isn't the story as my children's Bible put it, the parable of the talents. What if this isn't the parable of the wealthy master? But instead, what if this is the parable of the false master? What if Jesus is preaching to a group of disciples who have fear on their hearts about what is to come because their master is about to be killed? What if Jesus speaks to that which is in them already? What if Jesus is speaking to a group who are going to be lost without their leader and are going to have to figure out the ways of the kingdom on their own? What if Jesus is inviting these disciples to do the hard thing and to risk the risk, the fear of standing up and speaking against systems of social and economic and political oppression and injustice. See, that's what I hear when I read this. Our generosity is not and should not be rooted in fear. Because if that's what it is, we're doing it all wrong. Our generosity is instead rooted in joy joy of participating in God's work, the joy of being a co-collaborator in the liberating work of Christ's grace, grace shared in equal portion for all people regardless of your investment capabilities, grace that's about what Christ has already done, not what we think we have to do, grace that is a reminder that God doesn't need anything from us. Don't ever let anyone tell you otherwise. God doesn't need a thing from us. Why? Because God has given us all things. And in doing that, God invites us to share those things. Today we call them talents, right? To share those perhaps with those who have none, who have less, or those who don't even know what they have. This, this is an opportunity to share in the joy of the master, in the fruits of the kingdom of heaven here and now. And the kingdom of heaven is not a pathway of fear, but joy, joyful participation in what Christ has already done and will one day do. That, to me, is good news. That, to me, is the gospel I need. That, to me, is a strong message that carries us from this place to see our place in the world around us. So thanks be to God for this gospel this day. Amen. Amen.